You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your co-host, Brad Jackson. And here we are yet again. We, you know, we're recording this uh, two days past Friday the thirteenth. We survived. No hockey men, you know, but, came after us. I mean, is it any Friday the thirteenth, or does it have to be like October Friday thirteenth? Like, I mean, then again, we didn't go into any campgrounds and have promiscuous sex and do drugs. So, well, then again, it's like a, uh, you know. Friday the thirteenth takes place at a summer camp, so I guess it has to be a summer Friday the thirteenth. So August that's still that's still summerish. <laughs> no, that's very much summerish. <laughs> but you know, uh kind of going with that, we 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 had a kind of a Friday the thirteenth themed cigar. What are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, uh, this week we have Asylum's thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth, which you know, it's kinda Interesting, because they always do a little bit of a uh, a horror theme. So I guess this one is uh, Edgar's Alan, Alan Poe's uh, Once Upon a Midnight Dreary. Um, and a nice raven on the on the label. Yes, I do like the... The box just looks absolutely awesome. Yeah, apparently starting uh, November of last year, uh, Asylum started releasing these limited edition five packs whenever a Friday the 13th, you know, our... our Whenever a thirteenth falls on a Friday, so, so I gotta ask: Did you go and get any uh, Friday the Thirteenth flash tattoo uh, specials? I did not, because <laughs> apparently was... that's also a thing. Yeah. And, oh my God! Some of the atro- atrocities <laughs> that I saw. Yeah, I was working all uh, all Friday the Thirteenth, so I did not uh, not go look for uh, tattoo deals. What working on having an alibi? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they only release like basically like, each retailer gets like. 10 five packs. They only made 700 packs per size, and it comes in three sizes uh, 46, 6 by 46, 5 and a quarter by 46, and a 5 by 50. And uh, the not a whole lot of information about the blend because apparently Asylum does not release blend information. All we know is this particular year's is a Honduran limited edition, so it has some kind of Honduran tobacco in it. And the next release is scheduled for uh, May of next year. Will be the next Friday the thirteenth on the calendar. I just want to smoke uh, these cigars while listening to Ice Nine Kills, The Silver Scream. <laughs> you know that way Thank we God have it's our Friday. You know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got our horror theme music with our horror theme cigars. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is Asylum. You know, kind of taking a small jab at uh, Tatawahe that does the uh, pudgy monsters. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the that's the one thing when it was like I was like, oh, this is an asylum cigar. It'd be in this kind of like horror themed. I assumed it was gonna it was a tatuaje. And if you have to run from a mass killer, you should probably call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy dot com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. Get you some energy so if you can run for your life. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like the the problem I see with this cigar is this is a much smaller cigar than I typically smoke. And this is one that's definitely going to leave me wanting more. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a Corojo wrapper, um, but I mean the, the 
dude, the taste is really good. You know, it's earthy. It's got a touch of spice, a little nuttiness. Um, I mean, just a, a flavor bomb. Like, I'm pretty sure Asylum probably said on all of this excess tobacco of miscellaneous stuff that they didn't know what to do with. So now they're like, ah, we could just throw it in this thing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's, that's been my chief complaint with these cigars is just that, you know, we normally smoke bigger ring gauges. We like big ring gauges, and we cannot lie. Uh, so, yeah, this being just a, a 46, uh, it's, yeah, it's like over way too quickly. It's like, you know, you get a smoke, you're like, oh, man, this is a good cigar. Got a lot of flavor, and it's done. <laughs> so, that could be, that's my only complaint is it just. But that's why you get a box of five. <laughs> not a, not enough uh, cigar for me. I don't know. I mean, this. I mean, very enjoyable. I would say medium to uh, possibly full, you know, medium full-bodied. Um, I mean, I don't smoke too many Honduran cigars, and this is, uh, you know, a nice change. I've, I've been smoking a lot of Nicaraguan as of late. Yeah, I think it's like, I guess, tobacco trends go in cycles. So it's like, yeah, I remember Honduran used to be big back in the day, and then there was like a Dominican run. Like, Nicaragua te- seems to be the... The, the king right now, so it's like, yeah, Honduran making a making a comeback. Like, oh yeah, Honduran. Well, you know, despite our horror themed cigars, we're not talking about a horror movie this week. We're going to talk about a kind of interesting new uh, take on the the action genre. You know, almost a uh, Lady Wick uh, s movie. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Gunpowder Milkshake on Netflix. Your milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Damn right. It's better than yours. (laughs) (laughs) With that, we'll be right back. Welcome to my dark side. It's gonna be a long a milkshake dude i i miss like the retro diners yeah and a good quality shake is not easy to come by these days no i mean there's a whatever is it was the midtown diner you know there's that diner we always go to at dragon con which we're that doesn't count coming close to that you need something like the marietta diner or something that's you know got the you know Bright silver aesthetics and, you know... <laughs> the, f- the 50s flair. I don't know. But then again, like, at the same time, it's got to be dapper, but then... I don't know. Gunpowder Milkshake, man, it, it has me confused because I'm not sure if I watched a Quentin Tarantino film or, you know, uh, there were moments that I felt like I was watching John Wick but then would flash back to Pulp Fiction and I wasn't sure what was going <laughs> on. Um, I... You know, there was no Marcellus Wallace. I I was confused. <laughs> yes, uh, directed by Navat Pushp- 
Shato, however you pronounce that name. Yeah, this was uh, one he released here in America on the Netflix. Uh, came out you know, about a month ago, and it was it's yeah it's kind of interesting. Where I don't know some people complain about oh it's just you know like gen- whatever gender swapping movies where it's. I don't it, care. It's mindless action. Yeah, it, it's badass. You know, it's, I didn't. I didn't go into it. You know, looking to be. Like, this has revolutionized. You know, filmography. You know, it's for a generations. Good, dumb summer action movie. <laughs> like I don't understand the the people that you know think that. Like I'd, I'd hate to go through life to be like everything has to be profound. You know what? Sometimes I just want to fucking veg out and not really have to pay attention to be like, hey. Those are some cool action sequences. <laughs> but it... The only thing I say, I mean, it is... I can see a a definite parallel between this and John Wick. Especially, like, John Wick 2, because it's like... And then also Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has, like... Especially, like, the the sound and the color. Like, I did have that uh, Tarantino vibe. But there's so many, like, parallels between this and John Wick, where it's like assassin who basically screws up and gets hunted by other assassins. You've got a, instead of the continental, their kind of safe meeting ground is this fifties diner. That's apparently run by the organization. And you're not allowed to like bring weapons into this diner. So that's their, their neutral ground. They have meetings on. And instead of going to the continental to get your supplies, you go to the library to get your, <laughs> your guns and supplies. But dude, I thought that was kind of awesome to be like, so what kind of, uh, books are you interested in? Uh, I don't know. You know, something, some heavy reading and some light reading. Oh yeah. You need a, a Jane Austen and a, whatever the other one was. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, like all you check out books and all the books are like hollowed out with like guns or, or, like, later on when they get into, like, a big fight and she's, like, just pulling books off the shelf. They're like, oh, here's ones with, like, fake passports. Here's ones with money. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, go check that that section out. And it's, like, three, like, badass, uh, like, you know, kind of former assassin ladies themselves that run this kind of, uh, uh, the, the, whatever, supply chain of the, uh, the assassins organizations. And it'd be like, so how bad is your situation? Oh, I need all of the Jack Carr series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got one with some hatchets and some... <laughs> but they, like I said, all the... My question is, because they never show it, you know, all the all the guns have to fit in books. So, like, you know, most of the things that she checks out of the library are various pistols. Like, what do you do if you need a sniper rifle? <laughs> well, a big fucking book. <laughs> you get an old VW, um, and you know you mount a fucking machine gun to that bitch. <laughs> yeah, I've never wanted a hippie wagon until I've seen one with a with a minigun. Uh, I'm like, all right, I, I could see the appeal. I, I'm I I could use a, <laughs> a hippie van now. I got your flower power right here, motherfucker. <laughs> But uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, there was certain you know quirkiness about it, and and I mean, I will say too that there was a um you know certain level of depth. You know, I mean, I don't know. Based on what I saw and everything, I was like, eh, it looks like it's going to be a decent action film, and it surpassed my expectations. Yeah, it's like it's 
I mean, I didn't have 10 minutes of wiggle your big toe. I mean, kind of, <laughs> you know, because, um, uh, yeah, there's you a, know, a paralyzed scene. But yes, <laughs> if if we go back to, to the beginning, uh, this stars uh, Kellen Gillen as uh, Sam uh, and Lena Headley as her mother, Scarlet. Uh, and, uh, Not uh, to be confused with the Scarlet Witch <laughs> or the Scarlet Letter. Yeah, so basically her mother is some kind of assassin and, you know, at 15 ish, uh, she gets, you know, still a child gets, you know, mother tells her to meet her at the diner and turns out that her mother basically has killed the wrong or killed someone she shouldn't have because there's a big organization called the firm that, that runs the, uh, the, the hitman industry there is. And apparently she killed someone she was not allowed to kill because it turns out it was like vengeance for killing her, her husband. But she basically leaves her with her friend that works at the firm, uh, played by Paul Giamatti, Nathan, and disappears because uh, she doesn't want her daughter to get killed because everyone's going to be coming after her. And sure enough, 15 years, jump 15 years later, and the daughter has grown up and become her own assassin. And... Uh, still hanging out drinking milkshakes but i think it's funny because it shows her basically she starts off with her like you know going to kill somebody and as she's leaving like a whole army of motherfuckers show up and she just like wastes everybody and then goes back to her apartment and this is a girl who was abandoned by her mother at like a young age so when you see her apartment even though she's like you know a grown-ass woman probably early thirties, something she still lives like a child. So it's like she opens up her fridge and it's just like four or five pints of ice cream and like just junk food. And she's like, you know, sitting in pajamas, eating like cereal for dinner. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, she hasn't like progressed past the, the other than being a badass killer lady. She's still living kind of as a child. I mean, you say that like, it's a bad thing. I mean, isn't that the, you know, benefit of being an adult that <laughs> I don't have to ask to have dessert if I want dessert for dinner I'm a grown ass adult and I will have dessert for dinner <laughs> I mean true enough when before I got married was living by myself it was uh, I may have had a similar diet <laughs> that's why I got the diabetes now <laughs> diabetes or in our case it used to be like the fridge is full of alcohol <laughs> And it's like, you know, microwavable TV dinners in the in the freezer is uh is the only food that <laughs> Hey man. I took pretty good care of us there for a while, all right? I mean, the beer fridge, yes. That was the booze fridge, but I mean, there were legit foods to be had at times. <laughs> well, it was like when I first time I was living by myself, dude, I had like four plates cuz I'm like, I'm the only one here. <laughs> I don't I don't need like like more utensils than this. I mean, I think everybody goes through that at some point, right? It's like, you know, it's it's a lot different when it's just you, but then, you know, as your family or, you know, your social circle, as more people start coming around, you start accumulating more shit because of it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I only need one bowl. I just wash it every day. <laughs> Dishes were so much easier. <laughs> yeah. It's like you did it when you ran out. <laughs> and there was only two of them. <laughs> or if you were a real ghetto, you just bought a bunch of paper plates. That way <laughs> there was longer times between, uh, he had to take the garbage out more often, but there was lo 
longer times between uh, <laughs> washing dishes. Yeah, unless you had food on the floor because you bought the cheap. <laughs> and everything, like, bled through. It's like, oh, that didn't work at all. Good for solid dry foods. Not so much for anything... Uh, Hot. <laughs> or soupy. Hot and sa- saucy. Which is kind of like uh, Sam herself, hot and saucy. <laughs> you know, in, you know, anyone who's friends of our friends, uh, fans of Guardians of the Galaxy or Doctor Who, weird not or, uh... seeing her in all of the uh, makeup and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I first seen her because I was used to watch Doctor Who, so I, I remember that like original run. But yeah, it's been so long since I've seen her in anything as a normal person. <laughs> it's like she's been. In, a you know, cyborg alien and everything I've I've seen her in in the last few years. I'm like, oh yeah, she's a tall ginger lady, <laughs> not a bald alien. Or was it just a disguise? Oh, she really is an alien. Who knows? Oh, but yeah, uh, Nathan uh, shows up, who apparently is like gonna executive in the firm now and, and I, I like the uh the the ladies who run the diner you know people come in she's like can i lighten your load and he's like oh no I, i'm clean she's like are you clean or are you diner clean he's like all right yeah i got a ankle holster here uh i forgot about that she's like sure you did honey <laughs> i mean they're just so polite and you know <laughs> yeah but they'd probably fuck you up <laughs> oh absolutely oh like, the people taking the guns are the ones that are probably going to be the most well-versed. Um, and if I know anything about diners, they are not what they seem. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like every time I'm going to step foot into a diner, it's like, man, I'm in some kind of, you know, undercover cop, you know, shenanigan. Like, <laughs> why is everybody reading a newspaper? And what? it's not even a recent newspaper. <laughs> Or you get like the, uh, how was it, that first Triple uh, X movie? You just get darted in the neck and wake up in Guadalajara or <laughs> wherever. It's a Xander Zone, man. <laughs> Gosh. To think. We went from that and Fast and the Furious to Outer Space. <laughs> oh, Fast and the Furious in Space. The Space and the Fury. In space, no one can hear you, uh, Nos. <laughs> god, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. We're getting another one of those complaints like, oh my god, they laugh at their own jokes too much. Bitch, we're funny. <laughs> if you can't appreciate that, let's do another podcast. At least to ourselves. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> I'm too tired to go on a, you know, tangent. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't felt well. Stupid stomach virus. Like It's like drained the life out of me. What little bit of life I was holding on to is like gone now. A little too much Taco Bell? Nah, man. I don't know uh, I don't know what did it to me. I, um... I don't messy know. Num- messy number eight. <laughs> no, I, uh... You know, I didn't go to Taco Bell or any kind of buffets or anything. I mean... You know, realistically, my diet hasn't changed. Maybe, you know, maybe I fucking contaminated my hands or something and, you know, 
gave my uh, body a bug. I don't know. I don't know. You, you got the, all those new you know pibbles in the bed where you made one of them just like you know rubbed its taint on your face while you were sleeping and that is some, that like, is quite possibility. I mean, dog uh, funk. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to you know the dogs falling asleep like with their head on my legs or my chest or something. And the other night, like literally, I woke up with one behind my head. Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. I guess that's the thing now. Dude, that that freaking new cat we got it it like literally like will not leave me the fuck alone. It's like you rescued me and like now now I must sit on you at all times. Like I'm sitting there in bed like watching TV and this fucker gets up and like sits on my shoulder like on like ass on my neck and will not move. I'm like I shake like and it's like nope this is where I've chose to sleep. I'm a parrot now. Unless you stand up, I'm not moving. <laughs> And even if you stand up, I'm probably going to dig my claws in before I move. Oh, yeah. my, Like, she was, like, sitting in my lap, and I tried to, like, pick her up so I could get up. And as soon as I picked her up, she just, like, latched onto my arm. It was like, oh, you want to fight, motherfucker? <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, you little shit. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to win that, dude. No. Fucking little... We did uh, pull out the remote control spider and chase her around the house with a remote control spider, so that was... <laughs> that was fairly amusing. <laughs> Sadly, I missed that. Dang. It was hilarious. It stopped moving, and she'd get brave enough to come up and try to attack it. And as soon as she got close enough to swat at it, I'd move it again, and she would, like, you know, jump a foot off the ground and take off again. <laughs> She's like, I eat spiders, but that motherfucker's too big. <laughs> like, I don't think I can eat that one. <laughs> but if I sits, I fits. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, Nathan kind of, like, you know, shows up and, like, you created a bloodbath there but uh unfortunately like we still need your help because someone has robbed the firm someone has like stolen a a bunch of money and we need you to go finish this dude and get the money back unbeknownst to her that also the all the bodies she dropped on her last mission uh one of the guys that uh she killed was some mafia boss's son that was kind of running a uh undisclosed side business so uh yeah, now they're after her, and she ends up uh, finding the you know, having to go to the library. Like you know, get rid of all your guns because we don't want anybody to trace you back to what you just did. So she goes and sees the the ladies at the library, and we get introduced to our 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 three uh, librarians, um, which is. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, Florence, uh, played by, and they're all like old, like, you know, not old, but, you know, action, you know, veterans pretty much. You got, uh, Florence played by Michelle Yeoh from, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, anime played by Angela Bassett and, uh, uh, what's the last one here? Madeline played by Carla Gugino. Not familiar with the name, but I have seen her in other movies, I know. But yeah, it's yeah like, that was the thing. It's like, I didn't really, not a lot of name recognition, but I'm like, I feel like I've seen that person in other stuff before. And it's, it yeah, it's so funny. She's like the, it's like three different personalities. She's like the, the, the sweet, nice one, which later on, she's like, when shit hits the fan, like all three of these ladies are like legit badasses, and she's like gunning down motherfuckers with a minigun. But she's like the nicest one of the bunch. She's like, oh, sweetie, come on in. We'll get you some books. And like the other two are like, you know, one of them's just like the like badass assassin lady, and the other one's like, you know, the the tough like gangster chick. And it's like, but yeah, it's like 
man, when the shit hits the fan later on, those those girls get badass. Well, I mean, dude, they've obviously got a special set of skills and a lot of resources. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when she comes, she's like, "I'm looking for some books," and she's like, look, she's like looking up, and she's like, "Oh no, you won't find anything over there. Those are our children's section." <laughs> and she's like, "Well, what kind of?" He's like, "I need to trade some books," and she's like, "The I Love Kitties duffel bag that is just stuffed with guns." It's like, "Oh, you need those type of books? Uh, yeah, come on, come on back to the uh, <laughs> the the back area, and we'll uh, we'll hook you up with a." And then they're like, "Oh yeah, you're Scarlet's daughter." And they're all giving her, you know, she's trying to like be the tough assassin lady. And it's like with her trench coat and her, her fedora. And she's like, so, so what kind of type are you? Are you a, uh, like an, an idealist? Like, no, maybe I don't have a type. Not everybody's got a type. And she said, well, maybe I'm just a professional. Ah, no women and children. Nah, women are all right. Just no children. Say, like, oh, so you're, you're, you're a feminist then. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, these, the, these three like veteran assassins that are just kind of like given the. The new girl shit. <laughs> well, I mean, at the same point, like you two, I mean, you gotta know what tools to arm a person with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, she pulls out, like, the, you know, because we've been reading the Jack Carr books, we're, we're fans of hatchets, I'm like, I really want a, a tomahawk. And you know, in her bag, they find, like, oh, it's Mr. Axie, I've been looking for him. And she's like, yeah, sorry. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's like, you stole my favorite axe. I mean, there's just something about a tomahawk, dude. Like, if shit comes, like, that bad and you gotta use a tomahawk, like... There's just something, like, psychologically damaging about it. You're like, you're fighting a guy with a knife, you're like, ah, whatever. Dude got a tomahawk, you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) This guy's about to go patriot on me. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh... I don't know. I mean, which knife fights are not good in general? No, you... <laughs> you don't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. You don't want to bring a knife to a knife fight. Because then it's just whoever bleeds to death last wins. Because <laughs> you're both going to get and fucked up. And unfortunately, you know, knife fights are over usually pretty quick due to that, you know. Whoever is not the best man. <laughs> Even then, you're getting close quarters. Like, even if you win, you're still going to get cut all to fuck. <laughs> so there was another book series I started. And instead of the knives, the dude, you know, is armed with two scalpels. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, not a lot of blade length, but that shit is, like, razor, super sharp. Razor, yeah. sharp. Which we get a, 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 scalpel, a scalp, scalpel, scalpel fight <laughs> later on. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's what made me think. I was like, I was like, I, I can remember seeing that, you know, portrayed <laughs> on the, you know, TV. Like that's, it just added a sense of realism, you know. Like, <laughs> well, there was used to be a YouTube channel. I don't know if it's still around or not. Where guy would like make weird. I think it was the Slingshot Channel or something. But there was one where he tried to weaponize a Nerf gun. So oh yeah, he, where he would take you know legitimate you know Nerf toys and make them deadly but the one i saw he was using like uh, like the six shot nerf revolvers like we steampunk out all the time but he the the old mavericks yeah so he increased the spring strength and then basically put uh scalpel blades on the front of the darts (laughs) and i'm like ooh, that sounds nasty (laughs) and it was legit like i mean it looked like it was like I mean, it was sticking in things when he was shooting it. I'm like, that's 
that could be painful. Yeah, you don't want to be doing any steampunk duels with those. No. But like I said, after she gears up, she goes to find the the man that uh, stole the money and ends up shooting him in the stomach before finding out that the reason he stole the money is his daughter has been kidnapped and needs the money to pay the ransom. So she drops him off at the uh, the the local uh, bad guy clinic uh, to to get surgery and goes to make the exchange herself. And uh, <laughs> and it's too. Cool. I guess kind of the uh, imagery of it when she when she's doing her assassin shit, she's always got like the fedora and the trench coat. And the minute she like doesn't kill the dude and like takes him out of the the hotel to try to save him, like as soon as she gets ha- out, her like her hat blows off and she just leaves it. And it's like, oh yeah, this is kind of symbolic of she's no longer the assassin now. She's now she's like. I need to be a hero and never gets her fedora back. <laughs> Which is sad because, you know, you, you have to have a sweet fedora. <laughs> In fact, she gets a cool bowling jacket. <laughs> Dude, the bowling alley fight scene was fucking awesome. Yeah, because her boss is like, hey, bring the money back. She's like, I can't. They're, they're going to kill this dude's daughter. He's like, they're like, well, we don't care. Just bring the money back. So I'll bring the money. Give me 30 minutes. I'll bring the money back. I'm going to go try to rescue this girl because she's a child and has been abandoned like I was when I was a child and got a soft spot. But when she gets there, it's like the universal monsters. It's like the, (laughs) which is funny because it's kind of like the, uh, the dead presidents from, uh, from, uh, uh, shit, uh, point break where, where all the robbers are dressed as presidents up here. They're all dressed as like the universal monsters. It's like, Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, and uh, the Mummy. <laughs> yeah, but does Wolfman have Nards? Probably not anymore because he got he got murked. It's like the worst uh, robbers ever. But yeah, they're like, put your clothes and your guns in the safe and wear the bowling outfit we got for you. Well, then her boss sends some men like, hey, go get the money, convince her to like come back, but you know, don't kill her, like. So they all show up and like, you know, hey, we're going to kick your ass because, you know, we need to take. And then this is probably the most Tarantino. We said they had this this thing had like a Tarantino feel to it. Just the weird lighting effects and this like badass fight. It very much had a Kill Bill feel to it. Even like the mute, the score of that scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of this. Beating the shit out of these three (laughs) Three guys. I mean. I'm pretty sure one guy got a cattle prod to the junk at one point in the fight. It was like, yeah, those dudes got fucked up. <laughs> it was even better. Like later on, you see them, they go to the, the, the hospital and the doctor comes in, the, the bad guy hospital and the doctor comes in and they're all like fucked up, but they've been huffing laughing gas. Cause it's like the cover is as a dentist office. They're all high as shit. They're like, Jesus, who fucked you up? And they're like, <laughs> we got our ass kicked by a girl. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Doc, I've never felt pain like this before. I may never walk again. <laughs> it's just it's so freaking ridiculous. I mean, I get it, laughing gas. Uh, the problem is, though, it doesn't stop you from feeling pain. <laughs> like, or I, I can remember going to the dentist, you know, and it's like, you know, I'd rather just be completely asleep. Yeah. Like, I don't need you, you know, to know that you're poking and prodding and, you know, everything else. Like, I don't need to be awake for that. 
Yeah, like the one time I like had surgery. I had a when I was in middle school, I had like a cyst on my toe that they had to remove. And it was like, all right, we're giving you this stuff. We want you to count back from like 10. And I'm like, all right, 10, nine. And then I'm like, why are you wrapping my foot up? And they're like, oh, you've been asleep for like an hour. You know, we've, we're done. <laughs> it was like, it's like, you know, when you're asleep, you kind of, I guess, feel the passage of time. But when you're drugged to sleep, it's like instantaneous. There's like no, did not notice the passage of time, like whatsoever. It's just like, I'm counting. Next thing I know, I'm like, why are y'all already wrapping what my What day foot? is it? Where yeah. am I? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess drugged to sleep, like, you're detached, you know? You're not, yeah. like... There's, there's really like, no, like I said, it was just, like, instantaneous. I'm like, wait a minute, uh, I've, I've been abducted by aliens, there's a loss of time. <laughs> but the... Did your b-hole hurt? No. Foot hurt a little. But yeah, she uh, saves the girl, but the <laughs> the universal monsters take the money and immediately try to betray each other and end up wrecking their car, getting in a gunfight, and then blowing themselves up and destroying the money. But it's kind of funny because the one guy who's still alive like shoots her in the arm and she's got like a broken mop handle and ends up like staking Dracula. <laughs> I mean, dude, garlic, a steak, or holy water. I mean, that's your defenses when it comes to a Dracula. <laughs> Apparently it works on even, like, fake Draculas. A stake to the heart, you know, will pretty much take care of most people. Oh, but then she goes to the, takes the kid back to the doctor's office to try to see if her father's still there. But apparently he did not survive the, the gunshot wound. And unfortunately, uh, now they know that... Uh, She's lost the money, and the other kind of rival mafia gang uh, wants her dead because she killed his son. So they're like, all right, we're going to cut our losses. Uh, Y'all go ahead and, like, you know, take her down. And so the the fucked up guys, like, you know, hire the doctor to, like, shoot her up with, like, a nerve blocker so she loses control of her arms, which leads to the most ridiculous ridiculous fight scene I think I've seen in an action movie. <laughs> I I'm calling bullshit on every step of the way, you know. <laughs> on, eh, I mean, it it's great, you know, like it, So she you, has you the kid. It, yeah. Tape her gun to her hand because her arms don't work and a scalpel in the other hand. She's like just put my finger on the trigger. And apparently she pulls the trigger just by slinging her arms and trying to use the centrifugal force to like force her finger back to pull the trigger. Cause her hand, if your arms don't work, your hands don't work, but somehow she's able to just kind of sling her arm and make the gun go off. Well, I mean, I thought it was kind of ridiculous too. Cause they take the medical trays and like duct tape them to the back of the chair to use as like armor. I, <laughs> Those things would not stop. Yeah, I'm bullets. not, you know, it's those medical trays aren't Kevlar, you know? <laughs> like, I think I think that needs to be a new episode of... We need to send this video to uh, Demolition Ranch. I'm like, here's you a new uh, new thing to test. How many medical trays does it take to stop a bullet? Because one, apparently, is is would not do the job. <laughs> I mean, but then again, they are assassins, and they're probably using 22s, right? Because the 22 goes in, 
does a lot of damage in the you know squishy bits, but doesn't you know leave a lot of gore and exit. So well, the one guy had a freaking shotgun. <laughs> well, that guy's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, one guy's in a wheelchair. The other two are like one of his neck breaks. One guy's got like two, two uh, whatever. Uh, it was almost like a Home Alone the bit, you cra- know? Uh, fucking uh, what the hell do you call those things you use people use to walk? Cane? Yeah, well, it was like the double arm brace cane, but I was thinking, uh, uh, yeah, the thing you have when you have a broke leg or whatever. Crutch? Yeah, crutches. There That's you go. the word I'm looking for. <laughs> hey, I'll be your crutch when you can't find the word crutches in your vocabulary. <laughs> oh, yeah, but they're, they're still all fucked up, and yeah, she comes flying out of the room using the desk chair as a bulletproof thing, and then... It basically spins around, like, slinging her arm up to, like, to shoot. And it's, like, the most ridiculous hallway gunfight. And she managed, like, to kill all three dudes. And it, the, you can't have guns in the doctor's office, so they have this big, heavy tooth, like, cookie jar safe thing they put guns in. So when she runs out of ammo and still can't use her hands, and, like, homeboy, like, is, dives down behind the desk trying to reload the shotgun, and she just, like... Jumps up on the desk and kicks the tooth over on his head <laughs> and squishes him. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever been in an office chair and had somebody try to push you, you know, across a room or something? <laughs> it's not easy. I, I. Most of the time, you're taking a spill. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these, these, these are not casters. These are not, you know, like... <laughs> Not uh, made for sudden acceleration and no, because usually like just push. And, and then again, over. like you got no leg or arm control, so you're probably fucking spinning. <laughs> like, but she's like running up the walls, doing freaking flips and kicking people in the face, and like stabbing dudes with the knife, and then get, getting it stuck in them. And hell, the bad guys are accidentally like shooting themselves half the time. <laughs> I was like, it's. It was like just a continuation of the ridiculous uh, uh, freaking bowling alley fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's what I kind of enjoyed about it was. It, it's like so we compare it to John Wick and it's. But you know, John Wick is very much realistic. Yeah. You know, well, this was designed. Well, but, to a certain degree. At least plausible. <laughs> well, I mean. Where this one's more. There's reloads in John Wick. Yeah. This is at least kind of a campy version. So, I mean. Action story, it, it it's similar, but yeah, it's just has this kind of element of fun, campy movie. And I like after the little girl kind of joins the the team, it's like they all all these badass assassins are like, we can't cuss. There's a child present, so it's like fudge you, no fudge you, mother fudger, <laughs> frick. And the kids just giggling like oh, they said mother fudger. <laughs> so uh, before he sends all the the hitman to kill her. Nathan sends her one last text and's like, "All right, I'm sorry, I gotta cut cut you free, but there's a care package at this address if you can get to it uh, that might help you survive." And so she goes to some random apartment nearby, and turns out that's where her mother has been hiding all this year, kind of watching over her from a distance. And of course, she has the cure to the paralytic that she was given. But even then, she's like, "All right, we're gonna leave." Like, "What's your plan?" I called us an Uber. What? You're like, you've always got a plan. Your plans got plans. 
no, I'm, I'm retired. I don't have any plans. And they get in the elevator, and the elevator opens up, and like there's a lobby full of like soldiers. And she goes to draw her gun and just throws the gun and like smacks some dude in the face. And the guy's like, oh, like the pain on his face is like. They really smacked that dude in the face with a gun because he looks like he's hurt. <laughs> the, the door just closes back. She's like, my, my hand's still numb. Sure it is. No, no, really, my hand's numb. And, like, mom and the kid's, like, giggling at her. Like, you just, she's like, no, no, it happens to everyone. Damn it, I'm, I'm, my, my arm's still numb. Yeah, sure, 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 yeah. And just, like, <laughs> giving her shit. I mean, that's why you carry a high point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get hit in the face with a high point. That's probably does more damage if you shoot than if you get shot with a high point. It's like a fucking steel brick. <laughs> Have you seen the torture test videos of the high point? <laughs> yeah. And sadly they pass. Oh yeah, fucking Demo Matt did one where he just like filled the barrels with like, he like welded the barrel shut on one arm and it still fires. It's like crazy like the amount of abuse those things will take. I mean, they're fugly as hell, but they fucking work. <laughs> like I wouldn't like I'd be embarrassed to carry one, but they're, they're surprisingly well-built. It's not like a tornado outside. That's probably children. <laughs> yeah, but it turns out Mom did have a plan, and there's like a whole, like, series of, uh... <laughs> and like, the, the escape tunnel is inside of an old dryer, and she's, she's like, where's it go? She's like, fucking Narnia, just get in the damn dryer! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, but the uh, tunnel ends up taking them back to the library, and they're like, "We need supplies. We got to go." No, no, they, I abandoned them. They probably hate me. She's like, "Well, your plan was to get here, so obviously you wanted to come here." That was a long time ago. She's just let's go to the fucking library and and see what's up, and yeah, let's go see the gals. Yeah, and that's when we get our reveal that these ladies are apparently her mother was was part of their group at one point and they're like, yeah, we're not going to let people kill some of our family and, you know, cause trouble. After in a our lot house. of intense, uh, you know, dramas. Yeah. You know, she's like, no, I, I got us into this. I'll take care of it myself. Y'all all go. And, and she starts digging through books, trying to find a gun as she's like fighting like a video game wave after wave of, of, you know, unnamed bad guys. They all don't come in at once. They show up in a, like a freaking school bus full of death, and they only come in like in in threes and fours. It's Whoa. very much video game death bus, <laughs> school bus of death. Is that going to be the next our our metal band? <laughs> Dude, we can make school bus metal. It's like school the wheels on the bus rock. go round and round. <laughs> this death metal version of children's songs. <laughs> I think I've come up with a new genre. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. A, B, C, D. <laughs> You'd probably get stuck on F. <laughs> F. <laughs> Got an idea. We'll just, you know, stick your head in a toilet bowl and, uh... Oh. The food's library. <laughs> Looks for ladies' tampons. <laughs> but yeah, they all have the, like, all right, we're going to fight these dudes. Uh, and Mom, like, we save these for you. And Mom's got two, like, sweet-ass custom 45s with fucking bayonets. <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen that before, but that's awesome. 
Why didn't you throw the one with the bayonet at the pit folks, you know? <laughs> yeah, and she finally, like, you know, was getting her ass kicked. Uh, and, like, yeah, mom comes, does the whole leaping through air while firing two guns uh, that happens in every action movie. Complete with superhero landing. And <laughs> and, it like, was like the Matrix meets, you know... The Hulk. <laughs> with the bad guys, yeah, the next wave of bad guys come in with the mini boss. Yeah, they got him pinned down. She's like, she's like, just surrender and we'll kill you now. Like, I've got an army. She's like, oh yeah, well I got my mom. <laughs> and right as they're about to like, you know, charge out for one last stand, the the two librarians show up to help out and freaking Michelle Yeoh, like with the, with the old school M16 from the, <laughs> from the balcony is... <laughs> And then, like, their fight scenes, Well, too. no, like, the fucking chains, like... Yeah, well, like, when they follow her up into the children's session, I mean, she's fucking people up with chains, and the, uh, Angela Bassett's, like, got... You know, we like, uh, hatchets, but she's, like, wielding, like, two hammers and just fucking dudes up with, like, dual-wielding hammers. I'm like, these are some bad ladies. <laughs> and even, like, the, the nice one who's, like, babysitting the kid downstairs when they make it into the, uh... You know the inner sanctum. She's like, "I'm about to make some noise, sweetheart. Put on these, uh, put on these headphones and, and play it loud." And then she like, freaking breaks out the mini gun and she's like, <laughs> "Going bird." <laughs> yeah, that's a sound that just is amazing. But then she ends up getting, getting hit, and then has a fight to the death with uh, with Mister Hatchet. Uh, but yeah, they end up kidnapping the girl and, and taking off with her. Oh, but yeah, that, uh, uh, but yeah, the, uh, you know, they, and then they, like, so very much like a video game. They have the final boss battle, like the one. Yeah, but there's no helicopter. <laughs> well, you get like the dude with the sledge, like the big guy with the sledgehammer walks in. It's like, Oh, boss battle. <laughs> Stab him in the neck with my 45 bayonet. <laughs> I don't know how practical a bayonet would be on a pistol, but I kind of want to try it. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that before. I, mean, I don't even know if that's a thing that exists or something that some uh, you know Hollywood prop guy invented for this movie, but it was pretty cool. I mean, it was... I mean, I got a bayonet log on my shotgun, but I mean... <laughs> that's a bad day if you got to go to the bayonet, though. Yeah, fix... I mean... You forget you got your bayonet attached and go to try to reholster and stab yourself in the leg. <laughs> That's going to be a very rude and painful awakening. I got a hole in my leg. And hopefully you don't get an otter, artery. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, but yeah, they they capture the little girl and yeah, call her with a with a Basically, like, turn yourself in or we're going to kill the little girl. And she's like, well, meet me at the diner because they won't be able to carry their guns in the diner. So maybe maybe we can she can get out alive. And, yeah, she finally meets the father. And, yeah, the, the, this his speech is like, you know, she checks up on the girl and sits down. And it's like, she's like, you know, I understand you had no intention of killing my son. He was just wrong place at wrong time, but that doesn't matter. Uh, like 
I had four daughters and I was kind of a stranger in my own home because I don't understand women. And I love my kids, but, you know, I just don't relate to them. And then I had my son and it was for the first time I, you know, had a partner in life and now you've made me alone in my own home again. So I'm going to do horrible, horrible things to you. She's like, she's like well, yeah, I, I am sorry about your son. I appreciate that, but that's not going to get you out of like the horrible, horrible things I'm going to do to you. And she's like, all right, well, whatever. You know, I sacrificed myself. Just let the girl go. Oh no, we, we got to, I, I will let her go, but not until after she's watched all the horrible, horrible things I'm going to do to you. <laughs> I'm like, we get it. You're evil, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I bet it doesn't get to do those horrible things, though. No, because... Somebody breaks the rules. The librarian shows up. <laughs> and turns out the librarians are friends with the dinner la- diner ladies. So, yeah, somebody's like, hey, can we get you a like, you know, slice of pie, some coffee? She's like, no, like, we're busy here. It's like, you sure you don't want anything? It's like, damn it, the next one of y'all that, like, you know, comes and disturbs, I'm gonna... And it's like, you know, friggin'... <laughs> sawed off lever action rifle and it's like mom she's like oh yeah i guess i didn't tell you we did have a plan and like you know all the librarian ladies and the the diner ladies are all strapped and uh all the single ladies (laughs) all the get your hands up (laughs) oh and then get like the you know so yeah she just kind of like grins at the evil dude and like why don't you just take you know Take Emily out of here. We'll we'll handle this. And then as soon as she gets out, you know, homeboy pulls a knife and she just shoots him in the face. And it gets this another kind of Tarantino moment: the slow motion gunfight through the diner where they just fuck up all these dudes. <laughs> I mean, one guy gets stabbed to death with a milkshake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing is, uh, you know, just. There wasn't buckets of blood like there would be for, you know, a Tarantino film. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the walls of that place would be, like, coated in in blood. And, like, kind of like the, you know, whatever, Michelle Yeoh's character got cut in the eye. But other than that, they all pretty much made it out unscathed. <laughs> Somebody's getting a sweet eye patch. <laughs> she does look badass rocking an eye patch. Dude, you can, I don't care. You cannot have an eye patch and not look badass. Like, it's virtually impossible. I mean, look at Nick Fury. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I saw a great, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was a uh, Mace Windu. <laughs> and it was a great meme. And it was like, you know, the, uh, it was him talking to the, the emperor. And it's like, you know, the Jedi are keepers of peace. We're not soldiers. And he's like, really? Didn't you cut a dude's head off? He's yeah, and that motherfucker was real peaceful after I did it. <laughs> yep, if you want peace, prepare for war, unfortunately, is uh, sometimes how it goes. And get yourself some milkshakes and a library card. <laughs> Libraries. I mean, I would do more reading if dude. I, I like think that. I would go visit a library if that was the case. You know, I. Uh, Are libraries still a thing? Given everything's digital now. Yeah, because it's the place where if you don't own a computer or the internet, you can go there and surf the internet. So, internet basically libraries have just become internet cafes that have books. Relics. <laughs> 
here's things from the past, back when we had to read things on books. Which hell, I I mean, then again, like, hey, I got a real bad situation. I need the Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me an old Bible. <laughs> those things were huge. You could put like a Mac 10 in one of those. <laughs> Give I me the like Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> one of the books that has like all the town laws on it or something. Like, uh, yeah, well, those, like I'm see, really like... kind of curious though. What was in the children's section? No, it was really just children's books. <laughs> like, it's our cover. We're a real library. We have actual books. <laughs> But I don't know, like, at the same time, that library was like a fucking museum, though. Because, like, they, you know, go upstairs back, and it's like, oh, you guys are in the uh, Jurassic period. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was like if somebody took, like, the Fernbank Museum, but made it into a library. With guns. <laughs> All libraries should have guns now. And since it's a library, they all should have silencers because you got to be quiet in the library. <laughs> pew, but pew quietly. Uh, so yeah, the yeah at the end she, you know, apologizes to the little girl for like killing her father, and she's like, oh, yeah, I understand. You were, yeah, it's not your fault. You tried to save him, and you did save me, so we're even. And I don't blame you. I blame the people that hired you to kill him. Like who? Who actually killed my father? Like, all right, let's go see. Uh, see Nathan. <laughs> she rolls up, dresses a as a uh, uh, Girl Scout trying to sell cookies with with a book. <laughs> and as a note, it's like, look into your heart. And he's like, haha, and looks down at, like the red dot from the sniper rifle. Is like, oh shit. <laughs> and she's like, know this: you're only alive. Because of an eight-year-old girl. She's like, I'm eight and three quarters. Yes, eight and three quarters. <laughs> but you go back to the bosses, tell them, we know where they live, we know where they work, we can kill you at any time. So you should just leave us the fuck alone and not make us, like, have to deal with you. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, we're good with that. <laughs> Especially since you, like, killed off all our rivals, because we don't have to worry about that other mafia now, because you just... Pretty much wipe them out. I don't know. I <coughs> I rather expected the other, you know, players to be a lot more organized or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously, like, the firm, like... Dude, they would be like small fries compared to the firm. Like, what's the firm even doing in bed with them? Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. If unless like you know the firm is like kind of like the high table or the you know, the runners of the uh, the continental, and these are like just kind of I guess one of their big clients. We we don't want to upset our clients, so we're gonna allow this this stuff to happen. I was upset once, <laughs> and then all the ladies. Uh, Right off into the sunset in their their hippie van, into whatever their retirement plan is. Maybe they go build a library. They're gonna go town. find a Leonard Skinner concert, or you know, follow the dead fish, whatever. Fish. <laughs> I don't know whatever hippies listen to these days. I mean, <laughs> I definitely feel like fish is on that list somewhere. I, I don't know so much about hippies, but I mean, 
Definitely somebody that likes to experiment with chemicals. <laughs> oh, speaking of chemicals, I was watching uh, Legends of Tomorrow the other day, <laughs> and Constantine had lost his magic, and they were surrounded by Nazis. So he took this magic potion that he had gotten from Aleister Crowley, that, uh, and it gave him his magic back briefly, but it was also like full of fucking hallucinogenics because it was Aleister Crowley's from the 60s. So basically he just tripped balls for five minutes and wasted a whole bunch of Nazis with magic. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, talk about a bad trip. <laughs> so any... Uh, Mr. Crowley. Any any final thoughts on this here movie? Is it is it worth uh, telling the people to watch it? I mean... Uh... If you're going to be over-analytical and expect it to be an absolute game-changer and, oh my god, this movie will, you know, bring peace on Earth, then no. But if you want a fun, campy action film, something that you can just veg out to and not have to, you know, over-analyze or... Yes, there's a lot of violence and everything, but it's done in a campy fun way. violence. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's not... You know, just straight up gore porn or anything. Um, and it'll make you really want a milkshake. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if nothing else, I say you got to go somewhere where you can get yourself a big kahuna burger, a decent shake, and, you know. Big kahuna burger. And yeah. A $5 shake. <laughs> Preferably some with some bourbon in it. <laughs> I know where we can get bourbon, or bourbon burgers. <laughs> I know where we can get bourbon shakes if grub's still open <laughs> i haven't been down that way in a while i think they are alcoholic milkshakes would make this you know movie even more enjoyable but dude i didn't anticipate a serious film nor is this one it was just something that it's not super long i can kill you know a couple of hours and enjoy a decent action film okay. if you want a decent action film with a little bit of a quirky twist Absolutely go and check it out. Yeah, and it's on Netflix, so, you know, who doesn't have a Netflix subscription at this point, especially since, you know, theaters have been closed. I had to pirate your Netflix account to be able to watch it. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good summer watch. Just, you know, like I said, it's, it's cool action with kind of a fun, lighthearted, you know, campiness to it. So it's, it's not... But it does have, you know... Uh, Sort of the serious uh, numbers, you know? I mean, of course, you're dealing with child abduction. You're dealing with abandonment issues at a young age and, you know, mother-daughter issues. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely had its heartfelt moments, but yeah, it was overall, dude, it, was, it never got too dark. It stayed kind of fun, even though people are dying right and left and getting beat to death with hammers. They made it fun. <laughs> I like a little fun with my violence. Yeah, I think that's going to get you on a watch list, my friend. We, um, I'm, I'm going to order a psych evaluation. Uh, hey, kids, do you like violence? <laughs> what about Nine Inch Nails through each one of my eyelids? What? Uh, so, Golly world. Yeah. And this is also kind of... You know, normally, we, we finish the main segment, and we still got a good 20 minutes of cigar left. This is like... Yeah, first time we've been done smoking by the time the podcast is over. So, what do you, what do you think of this this wee bastard? The wee bastard is my problem with, like we said, so many of these releases where I want more. 
Yeah, but like, you only, you know, you, you smoked your other ones, and, you know, I appreciate you giving me one of these that I otherwise would not have gotten my hands on. Um, yeah, that's, like, my only complaint. Like you said earlier, it's a flavor bomb, but just that small ring gauge, small cigar, it's like, and they only come in these, like I said, each retailer, I think, got ten five packs. It's like, I almost want to smoke two or three of them, because it's, you're like, oh, man, this is great, uh, and it's over. <laughs> Like if they had this blend in some kind of like larger ring gauge cigar, this would this would be a go to smoke. But yeah, it's but like then so again, it's... so let's get into the you know psyche and the marketing aspect. If this was a larger ring gauge, would you you know instead of a forty five minute smoke, if it was an hour and a half, would you still view it the same way? I mean, yeah, it, ha- it has a lot of flavor. I mean, depending depend on what the price point would be. Uh, for like a rec- like a single stick, uh, bigger ring gauge, but I mean it's it's a good cigar. It's just like I said, it just the experience isn't long enough. But you know, if you can get a hold of a five pack and smoke two or three of them in a session, you, you might get up to that uh, that what normal uh, cigar experience would be. But yeah, so that's my only complaint is it's just a it's over too quickly. And then we got to wait till May for another <laughs> release of the, the whenever the next Friday the thirteenth comes around. Yeah, I wonder what blend it'll be. Who knows? I mean, we could have done a. I mean, we've already done a Jason episode, so we couldn't uh, theme the episode to go with the cigar. But <laughs> or could like, we? It's like, well, yeah. It's like just have to got to find an excuse to smoke this. I mean, if you if you do want a long, powerful experience, I got to say there's a new CAO flathead out, uh, which we may review at a future date. Uh, the V21. Now that shit is a good, strong, and long cigar. I'll have to uh, give that one a try. I don't remember if those were on the shelf the last time I was out to shop or not. Uh, they were there as of last night. There was two boxes out. So they haven't, they haven't disappeared yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, as far as I know, not a limited release, so they should have those for, for a, they're more available. <laughs> yes. Uh, but with, with that, I guess we're going to go to the library and return some books and uh, <laughs> be back with whatever next we're talking about. On a highway, I got us in a car. Got us going faster than we've ever gone before. I got us on a highway, I got us in a car. Got us going faster than we've ever gone before. for some science. You ready to learn some shit? Are we going to South Park? 
Because I, uh, I, I definitely felt like Cartman was a part of that <laughs> science. Hey, you go, you guys want to learn some stuff? I mean, damn it, Kyle. <laughs> so, got some robot news. I'm ready for robot news. Motherfucking robot chameleons. Now, that just seems dangerous. Like I said, if the robot dogs weren't bad enough, scientists have built robot chameleons that actively camouflages itself into its surroundings. I think I've seen this in a couple movies. <laughs> I do believe so, yes. So, uh... I mean, maybe they'll just be like normal chameleons who just sit there and lick their robotic eyes. <laughs> yeah, re researchers at Seoul National University have developed a soft robot chameleon that can actively change color as it moves across different backgrounds. Uh, and, yeah, they eventually hope this can translate into camouflage technologies that can work on clothing and buildings, uh, and their results have been published in Nature Communications. Now, they've kind of a... Other people have kind of attempted this, and, you know, they've been able to... I guess, make color-changing camouflage, but... So by that, you mean they have failed epically? <laughs> but the problem, the thing that they have not, or other companies have not been able to reproduce that a chameleon does is the almost instantaneous color change. There's, like, a delay in the color change where if you've ever seen a chameleon walk across something, it literally just changes as it... As it uh, goes from zone to zone where I think we need to get chameleons so we can watch <laughs> we'll never podcast again because we'll be like dude it just changed put it on something else <laughs> well the secret to their new camouflage technology is using thermochromatic liquid crystals and basically these uh, crystals can be will exhibit different colors at different specific temperatures so basically they've uh fine-tune using layers of this chemical uh, with uh, stacking some kind of like silver nanoware that can heat the material at different temperatures at different levels and you know basically mimic whatever color it needs to turn into in an almost you know instantaneous way so by tlc we're not talking about don't go chasing waterfalls nope only uh unless those uh waterfalls are made of thermochromic liquid crystals <laughs> maybe that's what tlc really stood for don't go chasing waterfalls stay close to the chameleons you're used to <laughs> that makes sense no need in taking unnecessary risk and while it's uh like i said this kind of new leap forward is promising there are some setbacks because you know it uh, uh some of them are uh, the problems is the you know like I said, having colors that change based on temperature means that you know ambient temperature may have an impact on it so it kind of not only does it have to heat it's also going to need to cool so this you know shit may not work very well in like hot ass weather where you know it you can't hit the specific temperature you need to uh, achieve the color you're going for well i i think the reverse could be said too is if the environment is you know too extremely cold and you can't rise to a certain temperature yeah or the unknown weather like i said if you're kind of dealing with something that has intricate patterns or you know 
a lot of different colors in one small spot. It made All right, Robot to... Chameleon, time to go tie-dye. <laughs> yeah, so they've not achieved uh, Predator invisibility yet, but it is it is new and interesting. Uh, speaking of new and interesting, you now have a chance to live on Mars without actually leaving the planet. Uh, oh, we all just fire up Doom Eternal on our... Uh... <laughs> playstations and pcs and uh you know fight hell spawn huh <laughs> pretty much uh nasa is seeking healthy motivated u.s citizens uh or permanent residents to spend 12 months in a 3d printed martian base called mars dune alpha uh they're expanding to uh it's gonna be like a multi-year study uh but basically they've built a version of what they plan to build as a Martian base and they want to have people living in it a year at a time to just to, it's going to be three one year long missions expected to begin in fall of next year. Uh, and during those 365 days, the crew will experience the challenges of living on Mars. They will struggle with resources and will have communication delays and the crew will also face equipment failures and other environmental stressors to see, you know, what effect this has on long-term astronauts uh, living in space. They will also have to use virtual reality and robotic controls to disseminate various tools that astronauts will have to ex access on the red planet. And even extravehicular activities. And they also kind of want to test the facility itself, seeing if they can keep out like contaminants from the outside and, you know, Martian soil and if there is any kind of life on mars and like a microbial bac bacterial way you know we don't want this stuff getting into you know where people are living and possibly growing in a you know more hospitable environment well i guess i need to work on getting a uh, master's degree in a uh, stem subject yeah the the requirements are uh you got to be a non-smoker so we're out uh age 30 to 55 and be proficient in English, you uh, also need to have at least a master's degree in a STEM subject like math, physics, biology, or engineering, and two years of professional experience in a related field, or a thousand hours of piloting an aircraft. Uh, they're also ex uh, accepting people working on a STEM PhD with a medical degree or are test pilots. So if you fit any of those qualifications and you, you want to pretend to be a Martian, at... Uh, NASA is accepting application uh, now. Uh, and speaking of NASA, uh, the uh, next moon mission has apparently been delayed. Dun, dun, dun. Because there's like aliens up there. And chameleons. Yeah, robot chameleons. Now actually, uh, the spacesuits you see on TV where astronauts... Uh, Doing spacewalks on the International Space Station or whatever, those things have actually been in use since 19, or well, they're about 45 years old at this point. So it's time for an upgrade on the technology, and as kind of NASA ended the shuttle program, one of their kind of key things going forward is to build new spacesuits, and they were planning a return to the moon by 2024 but now that has been delayed at least a year because it says it's going to take they're kind of behind on this spacesuit creation project 
you know, with the delays to just technology not working out to also, you know, COVID uh, caused delays that have put them behind schedule. So it looks like April 2025 will be the earliest in which we can return to the moon. Uh, and basically these, you know, original spacesuits known as extravehicular mobility units, uh, where the new one is called uh, exploratory extra vehicle mobility units. And basically these new redesigned suits have to, as part of the Artemis program, has to basically be more versatile than the original suits. Because not only are these suits going to be used for you know, space flight, uh, used on the uh, space station on this future uh, moon mission, but also in the eventual man trip to Mars. So these suits are going to have to be able to function in... They're trying to get one suit that can function across multiple environments and situations. A, a Swiss army knife of spacesuits, if you will. I guess one size does fit most. <laughs> and then again, you know, got to put some cool lasers on it to fight the aliens when we get to get to Mars. Dude, we're about to see them. They'll steal our robot chameleon technology. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least you got to make spaces. You got to make them look cool. You know, you get, you, 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 there's enough sci-fi people, you know, some stormtrooper outfits or, or something. Yeah. Spice it up. Make it, make it, you know, make astronaut, make space cool again. <laughs> I'm okay with that. It's like figure out the functioning and the technology and then turn that shit over to like, you know, There's Hollywood. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, we got this thing. It's working now. Can y'all make us like a cool skin for it? Make it, make it at least look cool. You know, design and function. You know, that way when the aliens show up, they don't go huh, nerds. <laughs> And your fucking space scuba gear. I'd be okay with space scuba gear. <laughs> Why do these dudes look like minions? <laughs> Once again, it all comes back to Fast and the Furious in space. Goodness. Oh, and finally, on a down note, uh, apparently, poop can kill you. Huh. Well, ain't that some shit? Uh, recently, uh, three men uh, died in a manure pit, uh, apparently while fixing a ventilation pump uh, at a farm in Ohio. Uh, basically, uh, um, manure pits release gases that uh, displace not only are you know toxic, but they also displace oxygen. So the National Safety Database uh, uh, and the U.S. US Centers for Disease Control released a statement saying that if you have to work in and around any kind of manure pit, uh, you should be wearing self-contained air supplies uh, like firefighters or hazmat people type wear because these... Uh, uh, what is the... Where is the fancy scientific word that I was looking for. Basically, uh, it's a, they release uh, hydrogen sulfide, carbon dioxide, and ammonia, and other anaerobic bacteria, which, you know, feeds on oxygen. And kind of the dangers of this stuff that after a 
few minutes exposure to this gas, it kind of paralyzes your nose so you can no longer smell that you are still huffing this very toxic gas. And also, like I said, it pushes oxygen out of the area. So, you know, you're pretty much smothering to death without realizing you're huffing toxic chemicals. And And that's why you have wax rings around all of your sewer fittings, around your toilets and whatnot that go to the septics. Yeah, and that's why farts stink, so you get away from them. Bask in the ambience, bitch. (laughs) So, yes, uh, apparently don't play in... If you're up shit creek without a paddle, you also better have a gas mask, or things are going to end badly. Word of caution from the cigar nerds today, so keep your shit uh, shit cleaned. Have your mask, stay strapped, get clapped. All those things. <laughs> We're going to clap some cheeks. Uh, but with that, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some other bullshit. Have you been searching for that one heavy metal podcast that covers all of your favorite geeky topics as well? Well, look no further. The Metal Geeks Podcast is here to save the day. Whether you are into video games, films, comic books, theme parks, or even, yes, heavy metal, then the Metal Geeks Podcast is a place for you. Check us out on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and we are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky, and keep it metal. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. And in this section of news, there will be carnage. Eventually. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, so last week we did get, you know, the second trailer for Let There Be Carnage. And this time with more carnage. Holy shit, there's a red one. <laughs> I mean, dude, I love the, you know, the take on Venom. I mean, the way they did the symbiote versus, you know, um, Eric Brock and everything. Like, dude, that yeah, was badass. Kind of the, the anti-hero. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. But that was the, one thing. I was like, how do you make a movie about a Spider-Man villain with no, like, hero? And they found a way to, like... Kind of turn v- Venom into the hero in, in his own movie. I mean, although Tom Holland has come out and said, wait, who the fuck's Tom Holland? Oh, yeah, it's that guy that plays <laughs> Spider-Man and does it really well. Um, Spiderman? Spiderman. Um, does whatever Spiderman does. Uh, says that, you know, he'll do whatever's necessary for, you know, Spider-Man and Venom to be in a film. But we'll see what happens. Um, but, I mean, dude, Carnage in this film? Like... I remember reading the Carnage Car- comics. I don't really remember his origin, but on this one, basically, you know, Carnage is just simply a zombie. <laughs> he bites somebody with, you know, symbiote blood. In turn, you know, Carnage comes out red. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, it's been forever since I've read Carnage. I think it was like a, a attempt to clone Venom, maybe, and that it went horribly wrong. I don't know, but yeah, freaking Woody Harrelson does creepy well like, i mean he can do everything from like comedy to like i mean him playing uh this imprisoned serial killer that eventually becomes carnage reminds me a lot of uh of uh ah oh shit what was the damn serial killer movie he was in 
Oh, Silence of the Lambs? No. Nobody <laughs> here else wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Could have been. Maybe, but yeah, what, uh, we're Mickey I mean, he's and my Lecter. Yeah. I don't, I don't fucking remember. You don't remember that shit where it's like, uh... Fuck, I don't know. Keep talking. I'll look this shit up. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, just the amount of shit talking, um, you know, obviously you've got Venomum, uh, Venomum, God, Venomum. <laughs> we, we got vitamins, we got Venomums, whatever the uh, fuck that is. Um, Natural Born Killers. That was close. <laughs> but yeah, he, him doing, being the villain in a movie is just like... Does creepy and disturbing, you know, surprisingly well. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I gotta say that I have high expectations. However, based on our next, you know, piece of news as of this week, the movie's been delayed. <laughs> We're back to that again. Yeah, because the first movie went in with low expectations, and it turned out to be pretty good. Like I enjoyed that first movie, but yeah, so. Maybe we just keep expectations low, and then we'll get something badass. Yeah, originally it was supposed to be September 24th. Now they're saying October 15th. The way things are in the world today, and you can't talk about, you know, movies and nerdiness without, you know, fucking having to talk about COVID. Uh, we just can't get rid of this shit. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things are coming out in theaters now, but they're kind of dual streaming and the box office results have not been nothing has been like outstanding now but then again you're... well i mean it used to be you were locked into the theater because that was the only way that you were yeah. going to see the thing and the kind of day same day releases on either whatever a special rental or just regular i mean hbo max just kind of includes that shit for the first months it's out so it's it's I think I think it's getting to the point where uh, studios are kind of uh, uh, hesitant to to release because they're afraid they're not going to make any money because of the. Well, yeah, so, I mean, and so do we go back to a, a a release window again where you can only see it in theaters for a certain amount of time before you can stream it? Because I think a lot of movies are going back to that because they are just like don't feel they're making as much money on the the home viewing. Well, I mean, I will say that the National Research Group did, you know, a study of moviegoers that, you know, a week or so ago, you know, 67% of moviegoers said that they were somewhat comfortable visiting their theater, which was a dip of 3% compared to last week, um, and that's down 15% from a month ago. So, you know, like... You know, I, I get it. We've got vaccine vaccines and stuff now, but people are showing their reluctance to go and, you know, pack in like sardines to a theater, which, you know, let's let's be real. A theater at the best of times was still a bit of a uh, sketchy place to be as far as sanitation was concerned. I mean, I've been to, I've seen uh, probably three movies in theaters since theaters reopened and They've never been crowded. But then again, at this point, there was... I don't know if it's because there's not as many people going to the theaters or the fact that 
it was one movie over like four or five screens because there wasn't anything else out. Yeah. So it was like, so what little people were showing up to see that movie, it was kind of spread out across. Yeah. Dispersed. So, but yeah. And yeah, there's, well, I mean, I scheduling wise too. Like I went to the theater to see black widow because the Disney rental was like 30 fucking dollars. Whereas I'm like, all right, Go see the theater because it's actually cheaper at this point. But but HBO Max, like any of the Warner Brothers stuff, like uh, Suicide Squad, it was included in my membership. There was no premium rental. I'm like, and I could, I didn't have to wait to like the wife to get a day off and get a babysitter. I'm like, fuck, I can just watch this at any point. So like, you know, that one being a big kind of spectacle comic book movie probably would have been better on a big screen, but it was just too damn convenient to like not watch it at home. Yeah. Well, you know, that it's going to lead into our, our next topic a little bit is, you know, so many actors and actresses, you know, budgets, unfortunately, are, hey, we'll give you a cut of the theatric release. But what happens when it also releases simultaneously on streaming? Um, and we get in a debacle between, you know, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Disney and... Um, as of now, it looks like uh, Disney has cut ties with Scarlett Johansson and has canceled the Tower of Terror movie uh, that she was supposed to be in. I haven't even heard of that movie. Yeah, but then again, I'm... like I said, she's she's dead in the Marvel universe. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, this was her last job anyway. So she's basically just like free to say fuck them. I'm gonna sue y'all to get my my money because in reality, if and it's hey, you got to be careful what contracts you sign, but that was probably signed before way before all this other shit happened. And you know, it, there definitely was a direct kind of influence of the box office was probably hurt by the fact that it was available to rent the same day. And if she's not getting a piece of the rental as well as the theatrical, then yeah, she got screwed. But, and I've seen a lot of the movies coming out since then of like, has so that they're going to be theatrical releases only that they're not going to streaming immediately. So like, you know, other big actors are probably kind of wary of ending up in the same boat. <laughs> well, are, are strictly trying to renegotiate, uh, you know, and be like, look, I want, yeah, I want, you know, a percentage of that as well on the total box office. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked a little bit, you know, previously about Amazon studios and, uh, their Lord of the Rings series. Um, it looks like um, first season is wrapped up um, and we'll finish post-production in New Zealand while the pre-production stuff for the second season has been moved to the UK. I don't, I don't really know. English hobbits? I, I guess so, you know. Um, I mean, I don't think there was any, you know, bad... Uh, bad blood or anything else you know between i mean you know obviously there's a lot of big studios in in england uh and it may just been like a convenience (laughs) you know when especially now with like you know crossing country lines it's kind of hard to transport people because yeah the covid restrictions vary in from country to country they might as well all right let's just pick the spot where most of our actors are and just (laughs) <laughs> so we don't have yeah, to and, and transport numerous cast and crew across several countries. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious with the, you know, 
should be on Amazon Prime September 2nd. I know you're not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan. Um, I'm probably going to check it out, at least to see if it suits my fancy, if I can find the time. <laughs> I mean, that's a couple days for Dragon Con, so you probably won't see it until we get back. <laughs> oh, yeah, i got to watch Fatal Future. <laughs> uh, I'm the best hacker and assassin on on the grid. <laughs> So, um, I mean, we smoked the Friday the 13th cigar. I gotta bring in some horror news. Alright, what you got? Well, I remember back in the 70s on VHS, my aunt had this horror film just titled Rats, right? And, you know, the rats would eat people and whatnot. Well, we've got a trailer for what looks to be a very ridiculous uh, B-movie called Big Freaking Rat. Just one, or is there multiple rats? No, it's just literally big freaking rat. So is it? A, it's a is it giant <laughs> mutated uh, rat that goes around and kills people. Um, are we talking splinter sized or like kaiju sized rat? I mean, dude, both would be pretty scary. But if a rat can like you know, eat a building, then it's gonna be extra scary. No, this is uh like its head is like the five times the size of a uh, normal human's head. Ah. So it's a very giant it's big, but rat. it's not like Godzilla size. Yeah, not quite Godzilla size. We're not going to get a mean, backdoor sequel: Godzilla versus Rat Ratatouille. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> My mind may have just been blown ever so slightly. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for you know the cheesiness. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'm cheesiness. I'm... <laughs> hey, dude, I got to keep running. Uh, Damn rat puns <laughs> with, uh, you know, the, the the puns while I can. Um, I know this is uh, streaming currently. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out if it's on one of the. Where Local you sh- can find it. Yeah, because you know me. I need to see it. <laughs> Is this going to be a new uh, Dragon Con TV uh, weird movie? No, nah, that- dude, it'll never, uh, you know, replace um, what is uh, Fatal Future. <laughs> Just can't happen. Anyway, people that are web savvy, go find the movie. Watch it. We're all going to do book reports. <laughs> all right, everybody meet back here next Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just have to, uh, it's like if Jason Voorhees was a big freaking rat. Okay. Now that'd be kind of interesting. It's like a giant rat with a hockey mask. Yeah. Uh, man, I've fallen down so many holes. <laughs> Ratatouille, but horrific. He cooks like poisonous stuff. I now kind of want to see Godzilla versus Ratatouille. Like just a giant rat versus a uh, Godzilla. He's grab it by its tail and let's like whip it around. Well, let's do it. <laughs> let's get the rubber suits. Is that all you got for us this week? Uh, that's all the uh, the nerdiness you can. Uh... You know, handle for one week. 
All right, with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. Get your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. Get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Promo code CigarNerds. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. And with that, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And it's got gunpowder. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.